homies, I'm back with my main man, David Troy. He's a fellow OutKick handicapper. You can also check him out at beatingthebookie.com and follow him at Twitter at FuturePress2024. He's here to help me break down the NFL Week 11 slate. David, what's up, brother? Uh, not much, man. How are you? Pretty good. I uh, had a 1-4 Week 9, but I bounced back with a 3-2 and two. Week ten, and that pretty much explains my whole NFL season. <laughs> <laughs> Last year in the circuit contest, I was, I think, like three or four games below five hundred, but I had one of my better years betting in the NFL because um, I was just loading up on the games that I was really comfortable with, and then like the the last couple picks in my circuit, I would stay away from because it's. You got to find five picks, but you don't have to bet them with cash, right? So yeah. I just loaded up on like two or three games. I made a shit ton of money on the Steelers and the Raiders last year and the Titans. Uh, this year, I'm four games above 500 in the Circa, um, but I would say I'm I'm roughly even, maybe slightly above in just my betting in the NFL, um, but it really, it's been a roller coaster ride throughout it. How was, how was your week 10? Week ten was about the same. I mean, it was it was okay. I, I got killed by the Raiders because um, I expected them to actually, you know, be a competent football team, and that was my first mistake. But you know, other than that, it was it was okay overall. Um, nothing really to write home about. It's I, I've had a really similar season to yours, where I'll have some weeks where I, I'm hitting everything, and then some weeks where it's just really inconsistent and and not hitting. Uh, you know, the bigger disappointment for me personally is I haven't been able to give out too many of those first touchdown scores. It's been one of those years where I'll, uh, I'll see something and I'll go, I like this guy to score first and I won't include it in an article and it'll hit. And then I'll be like, Oh, well I'll include it in this one. And then that one doesn't hit. So it's just kind of, you know, I don't, I don't give everything out that I do just cause you know, I, I like having my own personal plays that I just do for myself. Right. right? Sometimes they're just spur of the moment things. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes one of them, like I don't have enough time to like handicap and like produce right. content, and it's just like right. something like I just like I just feel, and I'll just fight yeah. on it, you know. Some of the gut instinct stuff, yeah. and I actually made mention of it in one of the articles that I'll have that's going to be published tomorrow. Um, I've been betting Jalen Hurts every week to get the first touchdown scored, and I I started doing this probably I don't know week four or five. I I did tweet it out at that time that I said you could pretty much bet Jalen Hurts to be the first touchdown scorer of any game he plays. And that has been hitting with regularity. So, um, you know, I'm actually, I've been profitable personally, but I know what I've given out uh, at OutKick hasn't been in terms of those, at least the first touchdown scorers. And I'm sure uh, all of our OutKick listeners are uh, letting you know about it too. I have uh, <laughs> readers. I have a couple of them in my, uh, and my and the replies are in the comments section trolling me. One of them, one of them trolled me yesterday when I picked Texas over Gonzaga, and he's like, "Oh, based on your uh, recent track record, I would I would absolutely fade you here." Texas won by twenty, and that guy never came <laughs> back and said, "Hey, good call." But <laughs> that's that's usually what happens. My my favorite is there's one guy who I don't I don't know what it is, but almost any article he reads says the only bet you can make here is I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> it's almost always got to do with basketball. Like, great man, don't watch it. I don't give a shit. Why are you reading the article? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, apparently, the uh, Outkick readers aren't huge and new into basketball, which yeah 
is a kind Doesn't of an issue me. for me because I yeah. love the NBA, uh, especially from a gambling perspective. But I had one of those situations on Monday Night Football last week, speaking of Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, mm-hmm. and the whole like blink theory where it's just like you just feel something, you fire on it. But I liked Washington uh, plus the points. I had him in my contest, and I took him on the money line as well. And I had a lot of, like, it was a write-up four-out kick, and I had, like, a lot of strong analysis. But at the end, it was like, you know, Eagles aren't going undefeated. And it just I just right. feel, like, I just feel like this is the one. So yep. that was a nice feeling. And, again, no one from, no none of the out-kick commenters was like, hey, good call on this one. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, how often do you pick the uh, a team that's undefeated through what nine weeks or ten weeks to to lose, especially at home, um, as a double digit favorite? So I thought it was a good call. Um, funny thing is, my I I I'm in an, uh, uh, a state where legalized gam well, there is no legalized gambling, so I have to go through a homie, and uh, the homie he doesn't. Um, for some double digit favorites he won't he won't like drop a money line but his live betting uh interface or his like live betting program will have it once it's like available so i i, I couldn't get washington's pre-flop pre-flop money line i took him plus 11 then i got him plus 800 when they were down by a touchdown so that was a six wow. score yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah but i mean again i i i had some pretty big whiffs that I didn't go public with last week as well. Uh, the Raiders being one of them. I had the Raiders in a money line parlay, the first two legs cashed. And I just figured there's no way Jeff Saturday, who was coaching high school football previous, the previous week was going to be able to coach, um, be able to out, out maneuver, out coach an NFL roster, especially with effectively a rookie quarterback under center. And then, like, an hour before kickoff, it's like, well, yeah, no, we're going to go with Matt Ryan. I was like, oh, shit. All right. And right when I saw that, I was like, Raiders Raiders aren't going to win this game. <laughs> Raiders aren't going to win this too. game. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is, is even crazier. Yeah. Um, I honestly, I was freaking out. And I, I, I think Josh McDaniel should have been, like, fired immediately. <laughs> like, that's yep. outrageous to me. And I also uh, had the Bills in a teaser, which I mean, if you were on the right or wrong side of that game, it was it was crazy either way. Like that game was yeah. nuts. So that was a fun one to watch, at least. <sighs> yes, I guess. <laughs> Did you have money on it? Did you have money on? I, it? No, that's why it was okay. fun for me to watch it. <laughs> Fair enough. If you had money on it, again, regardless of what side you were on, it was excruciating. It was especially watching. Kirk Cousins convert these like Disney movie third downs where he has pretty much his eyes closed. He throws it into triple coverage and Justin Jefferson comes down with it. Like it was just, it was brutal to sit there and weather, but whatever. I mean, like, you know, no one feels sorry for us, nor should they. It's the NFL's the toughest to handicap for a reason. Um, I, I, I still plan on making some money in this, in this season. So, um, I'm doing all right. Um, again, four games above 500 in the contest. So I'm excited to get into week 11 with you. Um, but before we get over there, let me just shout out a couple of the sponsors of the podcast. Uh, first of which is DraftKings Sportsbook, whose odds I use for all my NFL handicaps via OutKick and all the, uh, odds, 
um, will be provided for my games, my picks through uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. You can access a promotional bonus by going to outkick.com backslash bet where you bet $5 on any NFL team's money line. And if that team wins, you get $200 in free bets. They also have um, a deposit bonus um, or a deposit match bonus of up to $1,000. Points Bet Sportsbook is another sponsor whose promotional bonuses you can also out- access at outkick.com backslash bet. You can get two risk-free bets of up to $2,000. Again, go to outkick.com backslash bet to get those two um, promotional bonuses. And also, the newest sponsor of this podcast, we shot them out, Prize Picks. Um, all first-time Prize Picks users that deposit and use promo code OUTKICK, number one, will receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. And if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you that $100 back. Entries on Prize Picks can be made in seconds. They offer fast and safe safe withdrawals. You can sign up today, but don't forget to use our promo code OutKick1 for a special welcome bonus. Um, it's Prize Picks is effectively um, player props or like a player prop daily fantasy hybrid. Um, you have to make multiple selections for a play to go through, but um, um, if the if 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 those those legs of that of those plays cash, then you can earn a nice little payout. Um, but it's not like daily fantasy in the sense that you don't have to build a roster. You just you just almost parlay these player props together. So it's pretty cool. You probably have seen some promotional posts from both me and David, and you'll see some for the rest of this month as well. So shout out to Prize Picks. All right, dude, you want to break down uh, week eleven? Yeah, let's do it. We'll start with Thursday Night Football, Tennessee Titans at the Green Bay Packers. Um, The Tennessee Titans are now three-and-a-half-point underdogs as they visit Lambeau Field. Totals at 41. You did something for OutKick this morning on this, right? Yeah, I got something in this one. Nice. What did you you bet? (laughs) Yeah, so for me, the when I wrote this, the total was at 41 as well. So I took the under. Um, What you're looking at here, to me at least, are, are two offenses that are kind of struggling in just about every way. Um, you you have – let me talk about how this could lose first, actually. I think that would be an easier way. If the Titans are able to get their running game going with Derrick Henry against the Packers, I think that there's a chance that they could rack up the yards and then Rodgers will have to throw. But he's not – I mean, he doesn't really have anybody to throw to, right? It's been kind of an issue this whole season. But those are the two worst areas of of the opposing teams. So the Tennessee's passing defense is not very good, and Green Bay's running defense is not very good. So if if it ends up that those two areas both are really successful tonight, then my under is probably going to be shot. The reason I kind of think this won't be is it's already really cold which usually cuts down on passing games a little bit. That may mean more running and everything, but when you're running the ball a lot, that also means that the clock is running a lot more. And in an under, you're also trying to have the clock run as much as possible. So uh, to me, you got two teams that are averaging less than 20 points a game each. Uh, Both of them have good enough defenses to take care of this. I, I don't think the Packers are that improved just because they won last week. Um, 
so to me, I, I thought the logical choice here was the under. Um, I also put out that, and this actually probably is, is a play I like better, but the first score of the game to be a field goal. I'm not expecting um, a lot of touchdowns in this game, period. So the way I bet it, <clears throat> and I did put this in the article, is first score of the game for a touchdown is plus 115. And then I also do um, home field goal as the first score and away field goal as the first score. And those are plus 320, plus 330, respectively. So to me, if if the first score is a field goal, I'm guaranteeing myself three plus units, right? So how does that matter if, uh, you know, if, if I'm, could I take away the first score being a field goal bet? Yeah, I, I could, but you know, if I'm betting both of them, I'm going to cut into that. So I'd, I'd rather go for the three units, the three unit score. Could I lose it all? Of course, if it's a touchdown, all three of those bets fall, but that's the, that's the angle I like probably the best in this one because these teams aren't like known to score a ton of touchdowns and, you know, march the ball in and all that stuff. We've seen Rogers already has had some red zone issues this year. I like the, uh, the field goals as, as being the first score of the game. I don't hate that look. Um, and I don't hate the look on the under as well. If I were to play either side of this or any which way, I'd probably just take the points of the Titans because mm-hmm. I, I mean, I love Mike Vrabel. Um, he's so buttoned up situationally, and I do think like Green Bay is a little overrated based on last week's win. Um, the Cowboys are a good team. I don't really have much to say about the Cowboys, but it's just like you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to have a breakthrough game one of those one of these weeks, regardless of how good Dallas's defense is. Obviously, he's got something like against Mike McCarthy or just wanted to, you know, beat the guy that he used to play for and pretty much forced out of the building. So I do think Green Bay has become a little overrated based on that. Um, these teams have a combined over-under record of 6-13. and 13, So um, I would definitely lean that way if I were to bet the total. Um, I'm probably going to end up on Tennessee plus the points, though. Um, I will say, though, the biggest, like, angle or factor that I see – towards the under is Green Bay and Tennessee have the slowest and second slowest neutral situation pace according to football outsiders and you would assume the weather forecast which is projecting temperatures in the high 20s with double digit wind uh, speeds that it's going to kind of uh, ground these aerial attacks I mean Tennessee doesn't really even want to throw the ball forward. Right. So. <laughs> right. Um, Who are going to throw it to? Yeah. Nah. And, you know, Green Bay has that same, you know, type of, has that yep. same question. I did do a prize picks uh, for this game. Um, I went under Aaron Jones, 16 and a half rushing yards. Um, actually, the only player that Tennessee's allowed 60 plus rushing yards to since week three was Patrick Mahomes. Um, and that Sunday night football game. Remember when he just, yeah, he just went into he effort running. mode, <laughs> just yeah. started running all over the place. Um, yeah. and Aaron Jones actually had a really game, a really good game against Dallas last year or last week, yeah. excuse me. But yeah. like every game he's he's rushed for a hundred hundred or more yards in four straight game, or excuse me, in four games this year. Um, his fourth was last week against Dallas. The first three though, he uh. 
he he struggled in the following game. So he's had trouble stringing together back-to-back good games. I also went over Alan Lazard, I think 48 and a half receiving yards, just because, I mean, I love Tennessee's defense, but the one weakness is their cornerbacks, um, mm-hmm. especially their slot cornerback, and that's where Alan Lazard lines up mostly. And I, I, I do think Tennessee is um, going to control the pace and uh, win this game. So I think eventually, like, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to start airing it out a little bit. And, like, Alan Lazard might get some, like, down-the-field shots. And either way, like, he is their most targeted wide receiver in that offense. So I like that. And I went over uh, a well, one touch, uh, over a half rushing touchdown for Derrick Henry. He's, like, super consistent in general and in primetime. Um in 15 primetime games, he has 16 rushing touchdowns. And five Thursday uh, football game, Thursday night football games, he has six touchdowns. So he's just always scoring. And like, I don't know, it's pretty common sense, right? Like if they're if like Vrabel wants to give him the ball, so I mean, why not uh, overthink it? I will say though, my prize picks have sucked. That's it. It is tough uh, connecting on on. Uh, multiple parlay legs like you have to with price picks. I think you hit like a four pick once, right? I, yeah, so I've done two of them now and I the first one I did cashed and it was all four of them <laughs> so that badass. hit. <clears throat> but the second one I think I was way off on pretty much everything. Like I had, I was expecting the Eagles to be a lot better than they were. So I'll have another one Monday night though um, for that and we'll see if we can do something. I, uh, I'm kind of an idiot though, because I never do the flex play when I do it. I always just am like, no, nah, I'm going for everything. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I could, I mean, I could just do it in a sports book too, but I, I think the cool part of Prize Picks is the flex play part. So I yeah. should get more into that. And the app is like really cool and easy to use. Like I'm not yep. just saying that as you know someone who's sponsored by them, but it actually is like a nice sleek app. Yeah, I agree. So. Uh, let's go on to the, the, the first game that I'm going to have in my circuit contest picks, which is going to be played in a state of emergency, possibly. It's the Cleveland Browns visiting the Buffalo Bills, which are Buffalo supposed to get three to four feet of snow anywhere uh, or from Thursday to Sunday. There's chances that they relocate this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm on the Browns plus the points. Um, I was initially afraid that it could be kind of square, right? Because, you know, most people would probably be picking up against Buffalo considering, like, they just cost uh, backers money against the Vikings and the Jets lost two straight games. Um, and Josh Allen has thrown two interceptions in three straight games. He's turned it over in five straight games. But according to pregame.com, 80% of the action is on the Buffalo Bills. And the Buffalo Bills opened as eight and a half point favorites and it's down to seven and a half at some shops. So there's a reverse line movement here. Um, and I think the sharp money is hitting the Browns because they're going to have an edge in the trenches. And if there is, um, if this game is affected by weather, then I would say the running becomes more important. Um, and the advantage that Josh Allen has over Jacoby Brissett is, is mitigated or lessened a little. Also, like, I don't know, it feels like the market just isn't adjusting to how poorly Josh Allen has played, but it's it's becoming a real thing, in, in, in my opinion. And it's not just the elbow injury, which is a concern. Like, I, you see him throwing the ball, and 
he still has zip on the ball. He could still make the throws. I think it's more of like all the responsibility he has, right? Like they, they can't fucking help him with the run. They can't. And like, yeah, yeah he, he has good wide receivers, but he has to hit them, right? It's not like, 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 like they don't, they can't get the ball without, without Josh Allen doing something right. And just Devin Singletary, uh, what's the other kid's name? James Cook. Like they're not, they're not doing enough. And really that's always been a problem with the Buffalo offense. I think come playoff time, they'll be all right. Just because like Josh Allen can go all world and can just put the team on his back and they can win that way. But having just a one dimensional offense, especially in these weather conditions is, is concerning. And Nick Chubb is going to be able to run all over that defense. I think he did it uh, a couple years ago and really not much has changed with the identity of either team. Obviously Buffalo was added a little bit up front, but one of the pieces that they add, Gregory Russo, their second best pass rusher is probably going to be missing this game. They have cluster injuries in their secondary. They might have to overcompensate for. So uh, maybe Nick Chubb gets some light boxes, and either way, I mean, that guy gains five yards per rush regardless of who he faces. Um, and I just feel like Buffalo's going through a rough patch right now, and and I'm looking to fade them as massive favorites here, especially because of that edge in the trenches. Uh, the Browns um, have one of the biggest run-blocking uh, mismatches in their favor, according to PFF this week, so... I think Cleveland gets the run game going, um, and I think they control the pace of this tempo. Uh, control the pace of this game. I don't think I'm going to sprinkle on the Browns money line because as square as it sounds, I just don't think the Bills lose three straight. But this is the type of team that that they lose to, a team that can control the clock with the run game and eat up um, yards and keep Josh Allen off the field. So. I'll take the seven and a half of the Browns. Do you have anything in this game? I don't have anything personally. The only thing I would say is, you know, in, in games like this where the weather is a huge issue, the in, under is almost always the look. Um, in some games, it almost doesn't even matter how low the total is. And that, that would actually go towards your look of the Browns. I think that right. would support it quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> are you, the Bills come out here and be pissed off, sure. Are you worried about the, the movement, though? Because the total started at 47, it's at 41. Now, if the number's still good, it's still good. But I'm one of those people that's like, ah, I'm so late. I don't want to do it now. Yeah, I mean, did you miss the great number? Of course. But at the same time, with with something like this, uh, I'm hearing that there's winds potentially up to like 40 miles an hour. They said that's what I just thunder snowstorm. Right. Like, oh, shit. That's like biblical. <laughs> right. So it, it's a weird situation to begin with. I mean, I, there was one game. I can't remember what it was, but they dropped the total to in the 30s or something. And I think there were like, I don't know, 20 points scored in the game. And it was a similar situation. It was like an Eagles game a few years ago. I know LaShawn McCoy was in it. But <clears throat> um, anyway, the the game to me, like if you're going to if you're if you're going to take it, I think you take Browns and under. Those are the only two ways I would play this. Um, you know, if the game does get moved, I think everything probably changes. All the bets probably are canceled, and then you have to refigure it out. Um, and I, I would say if the game does get canceled, you can't just auto-take the Browns again, or if, if the game gets moved. Um, I think you need to figure out what the, the line is and where it's moved to and some of that stuff. But I do agree with you. I think that it's a little too many points right now for the current form that the Bills are in. 
the Browns are just they're they're not a team that you're really afraid of, but they are still fighting for something. I mean, if they can survive until Watson gets back, they got a chance to at least maybe make a wild card or something. I, I doubt I doubt the Ravens are going to lose that division, but maybe. I mean, it, it's it's possible at the very least. But you're right about the running game. They obviously have the edge there. And again, if there's a snowstorm, there's going to be a lot of running. So you got you got the edge for that. I, I like to play a lot, and you know I, I wouldn't be afraid to follow that one. Um, but like I said, I'd be looking under and Browns. Those are the only two ways I'd go in that one. All right. Well, what do you have? Uh, what's your next game that you that you're looking like or you're looking at? <clears throat> so this one actually is um, one that I'm playing due to line movement partially. Uh, and so this is Eagles versus Colts, and the game opened up at like a minus ten. And it's been bet down to, I got it at minus six and a half yesterday. Let me see if it's still at that. It's now actually back up to seven. Um, But I got it at minus six and a half yesterday. And to me, I think they just over-adjusted. They were like, oh, the the Colts won this game against the Raiders. They're going to be better. They're going to be the team everybody expected at the beginning of the season. The Eagles just lost, so you know, their focus won't be there or something, whatever. I mean, it was all kind of like media narratives that I think pushed a lot of this. And I do think 10 was probably too much on the road. Um, Not that the Eagles couldn't cover it against the Colts team. That's still not very good. I mean, just because they beat the Raiders doesn't mean really anything. Everybody beats the Raiders right now. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I I thought 10 was too much, but now that it's just six and a half, even the seven, you know, I take it. I don't know that I'd play it at seven and a half, but to me, the Eagles are probably a touchdown on the road better than the Colts, especially coming off a loss that some of their players kind of feel like, you know, there were some missed calls with the refs that they felt like they should have got. You know, there was a big mistake at the end where um, I forget what the guy's name is, but he slid in and hit Heineke at the end, and that, that ended up costing them the game. I mean, they would have gotten the ball back if – yeah. If he didn't do get the roughing the passer, which by the way, roughing the passer is my least favorite call in all of football. I think it's just become to a point where it's like the most soft thing in the world. And uh, that hit, I mean, to me, like you're trying to stop yourself. You're a full grown man running at full speed, trying to stop somebody. And he goes on the ground and like you, you slide into him on accident and you kind of knock him down. Like and you get a flag for it. I think it's just, yeah, this I don't, I don't like them. Yeah, this like this could calls. turn into like a three hour podcast on this yeah, topic with me. Like, I, <laughs> I I think the worst thing to happen to professional sports entertainment is instant replay officiating and all these safety call uh, all these safety uh, yeah procedures and in the NBA and the NFL. Yeah. The idea of uh, in the NBA, they'll review flagrant fouls at um, instant replay speed. And that, mm-hmm. uh, or in slow motion, instant replay. And it is absolute bullshit. Like yeah. if you slow these things down frame by frame, you might be able to arrest one of these guys for murder. Right. Like it's, it's, right. you can't, you can't do it. And then like in football, like you're judging things that are happening at full speed. When you do an instant replay officiating, you'll slow it down frame by frame and you'll look at it at point two seconds and then like oh that's what happened and it's absolute right. nonsense and then with the whole safety stuff it's just like I, I like it's it's very subjective and like Trent Dilfer said like what is the data 
right? Because right. they've been making these rules and they've been trying to make the game safer for quarterbacks for years. Is it working? Are there less injuries? Like what, what is the data? Because I don't believe there are less injuries and it's just, it's just giving the referees more of a say in the outcome of the game. And it's absolute bullshit. And even as someone that had Washington last week, like I rolled my eyes in disgust because of that roughing the passer penalty. And, and just like Heineke, Getting up and celebrating, he it's knew, like yeah. ah, I hated it. I hated it. I right. hated it. Even as someone right. who made like four figures off the game, I was like ah, this feels right. dirty. This feels dirty. Right. I don't like this. No, I, I, I mean I'm totally there with you. And it, it, you know, you mentioned the basketball one, the the thing about like the clear path for shooting fouls, where if somebody shoots a three and you have to have the space to let them land and all that stuff. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world because if you're jumping out to stop a shot, which is what you're taught to do even as a little kid, like as a defender, your feet can't be underneath their feet and they're jumping forward. It, it's the most illogical thing. Yeah, so, well, hold on. The best is when they jump forward and then land yes. on their ass like right. because they know how to do it. Yes. They know how to manipulate the officials. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, it's it's absurd. The whole thing is um, – you know, I'm sure there's. That's why I only like to back golf, really, dude. <laughs> no officials. There's examples. Yeah, there's examples in every sport, and, and like you said, it could be a three-hour conversation just on yeah. how ridiculous some of this stuff is. But um, back to this game. I mean, I, I'm not sold that the Colts Colts are actually like a good team again, and I do think you know the Eagles. If this was in Philadelphia, they'd probably be what minus fourteen. So, I mean, at least minus ten. Obviously, it opened at ten on the road. So to me, I think we're getting pretty good value here that they only have to win by a touchdown. Uh, Indy's been a little bit better at home, but you're still talking about this is Saturday's second game ever. Matt Ryan is still old, done, washed up Matt Ryan. I'll I'll take the Eagles on this one. I'll take my chances on it. Maybe I'll not work out on this one, but, um, you know, like I mentioned at the top of the uh, the conversation here too i'm but i'm betting jalen hurts to score the first touchdown of the game it's at 450 typically every week um i don't know if it's posted in this one yet or not but um to me it's worth it yeah i don't see a line for it in this game but uh <clears throat> at least not on DraftKings. um but i don't care what it is anymore i mean i think he's done it six times or so this season already so he wants that glory of those touchdowns and he usually does it first so, yeah. with me. Um, I would not touch this game at all. Uh, I, I actually look at the Eagles as like frauds. I, not frauds. They, the comp that I made to them is like, I feel like they're last year's Phoenix Suns team. And I just kept, okay. I was like one of the few people are like, no, the, the Suns will not make it to the finals. Like, sure. I did not, I just never believed in that team. I think the Eagles are probably going to win 12 or 13 games this regular season. I, I can't say no chance because that's not how football works. I just don't think they're they're a Super Bowl team yet. I think they will be maybe in a couple years, but I don't think they are right now. And like, I don't know that whole that whole Raiders Colts thing just has me so freaked out. And like everyone like made fun of the Jeff Saturday hire, and it, it it was ridiculous. But you know, it's not rocket science. It's coaching football. The guy is right. a goddamn. He's pretty much a Hall he was of a Fame center. center. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. he does. It's not like 
it's not like that movie Eddie where they hire Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, like it's like Jeff Saturday. He knows a locker room, right? He can talk to football guys. Like he gets it. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, I think the best chance to catch the Colts, not to catch the Colts, but I think if 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 anything, Jeff Saturday gets better moving forward, not worse. Who knows? Sure, I agree with that. Um, I, I do agree with that for sure. But I'm also just kind of. I don't know. Like I don't something I can't even really explain. Just something throws me off about the Eagles. I don't know. Maybe I just don't want to I'm a Giants fan. Maybe I just don't want to believe, but I have made money off the Eagles a couple times. You know, so like I'm not even like I, I hammered them against the Vikings in week two. Um so I'm not like huge anti Eagles bias, but uh something about the team throws me off. They have Devonta Smith and, and AJ Brown who are limited in practice. I'm sure they'll play, and you would think they're going to be aided by it being on a fast track and a dome, right? You know, so I don't know. I just, I just don't want. I just don't want to play the Eagles at this number. Um, I wouldn't hate the teaser look, and you they making the move. Parlay too. Yeah, I don't hate that look, and I and you making the move on the Eagles after they've dropped by three points due to an overreaction or possible overreaction. Makes sense. Like you're showing your math. I, it, it all checks out. I just, I'm just giving you my input. I, I, I'm going to stay away from it personally. It's kind of where I'm at oh, here. Yeah, I fully respect that. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Uh, a game, though, that I am going to, I've actually already locked in a bet at minus three, but uh, I'm willing to lay up to four with the Patriots against the Jets. They're hosting the Jets. Their favorite three and a half right now. Uh, more juices on the dog here. But to me, this is just as simple as Bill Belichick versus Zach Wilson. <laughs> it really, it really is. Also, this is like a, it's a, a gross, gross mispricing, like, and it's pretty much in like in everyone's face, and no, like very few people are noticing it. Like the Patriots were a favorite two and a half in New York like three weeks ago. Right, Jets beat the bills. We already talked about the bills and their recent issues. And like the bills puked all over themselves to lose that game. Like Josh Allen threw at least one reds, uh, turnover on his side of the field. That first one was just like, I, I, I don't even know what he was looking at. 
you know, but so like everyone is loving the Jets because they just beat the Bills. But the Patriots, again, were two and a half point favorites in New York, and now they're three and a half in New England. Like, give me the Patriots all day. Also, yeah. like, <coughs> excuse me, the Patriots don't have any pass rushers um, to speak of. I actually, Matt, I take that back. Matt Judon's awesome, but like, they don't have any like superstar names on the defense, but they have the highest pressure rate in the league because, you know, Bill Belichick can scheme up pressure. Um, and Zach Wilson, according to PFF, is like by far and away the worst quarterback under pressure. Like by far and away. He was pressured on 40% of his dropbacks in the first uh, Patriots-Jets game. And the, I think the Patriots lead the league with 30% with a 30% pressure rate. So they were 10% above that in the first Jets game. And if if they if they get the amount of pressure they usually do against the Jets this week, like Zach Wilson's gonna throw the game away again. Um, that's pretty much the the brunt of my analysis here. Um, I do think you know the 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 Patriots rush rushing attack is gonna work against the Jets. The Jets' strength on defense is its secondary, um, but like who does Smoke Gardner have to worry about? Kendrick Bourne, like no one gives it. Nelson Aguilar, these guys suck. They don't, <laughs> they don't matter. Also, and this is something I'm going to put in my handicap for Outkick. I thought this was crazy. So, I pull these reports from runningbacksdontmatter.com. Are you familiar with that website? R- it's is it rbsdm.com, runningbacksdontmatter.com and they they'll have like expected points added and success rate for offense, defense, dropbacks, rushing, and defense, and offense, right? So they have dropback EPA, which obviously that also includes sacks and turnovers. Well, the New England Patriots in net dropback EPA um, are second. So they cause so much havoc to the quarterback and protect their coach up their quarterback so well that they're second in net drawback EPA, which how I consume that is like they're outplaying the other quarterback with Bailey Zappi with Mac Jones, who are, who's been terrible Mm -hmm. with Matt Patricia and Joe judge as the offensive assistants. Like effectively Bill Belichick is, is crushing the other team's quarterback and coaching up his quarterback. And um, I just think that the Patriots' defense is going to show up like it usually does, and they're going to beat up on a, on a familiar victim in the New England pa- or the, the New York Jets. So that's where I'm at here. What do you think? Yeah, I don't have a play in the game, so all the luck in the world to you. But, uh, <clears throat> I mean, you make, a, you make a pretty compelling point for it. Obviously, it makes sense. The, did, what did you get it at, three or three and a half? I got it at three. Would you still take it at three and a half? Yeah, I take it up to yeah. four for sure. Oh, okay. I yeah. mean, m- most of the public is on the Jets. Like it's a public yeah. dog. Like whatever. Wow. But most of the public is betting the Jets in New England. Like right. I'll, that, I'll, that was I'll the take first that. thought I had. Yeah, that was the first thought I had. I was like, well, you're in New England. I mean, they they should, in theory, the Patriots should be better there. I don't know. The Jets are obviously playing their best football they that they have in years but that doesn't really mean anything so um 
I don't really have much to say on this game other than maybe that 38 points is pretty damn low. And I would look towards the over on that. I know neither one of these teams is like great in terms of offensive efficiencies or anything like that, but 38 points is really, really low to me. So you're talking about three touchdowns from each of them and it's easily clears it. I, I, I would look towards the total if, if anything, it looks like the weather is going to be pretty nice for the game. Um, it, it looks like it's going to be almost 50 degrees. I don't know. They uh, even even going through the scores, the Jets the last five games, three and two would be over 38 points, and the Patriots would also be three and two over 38 points for games. So. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way I would look at it, but yeah, I, I don't have a play for it. I like how you put that. Nah, nah, <laughs> I'm with you. Nah, that's that's pretty much how I look at most NFL games. Like, eh. Yeah, yeah, I'm not trying to force anything or, or no. whatever. It's just kind of a perspective. It just seems 38. I mean, even the Rams and Saints have a really low score, too, and I, I would almost anything in the 30s I'm, I'm willing to play over as long as it's uh, not really weather-related. Oh, good, baby. What uh, what do you got on next on your bet slip? Uh, so this one is actually on the Bears and the Falcons. Um, it is an over. I don't play a lot of overs usually. Um, I don't know why. I, you know, I just kind of look at different games different ways. But I like uh, I like to see points in this one. <clears throat> I live in Chicago. Um, I'm not a Bears fan. I don't care about the Bears. I think they're a terribly dysfunctional fa- franchise, and uh, I just have no interest in subjecting myself to the terrible, um, the, <laughs> the, the terrible or, you of know, Bears fans. Yeah, the, the leadership <laughs> from the organization. I mean, I already am a Cubs fan, and that tortured me enough for long enough. So I don't need. I didn't need to add the Bears to that. But uh, I, I will tell you, everybody is like raving about Justin Fields right now, making it, you know, talking about how amazing he is and how great of a quarterback he he is and how great he looks. He's not a quarterback, right? He's a running, like he's a runner who happens to throw the ball occasionally. Like, and kudos to the bears because they finally figured that out and said, well, while he's trying to figure out how to pass the ball in this league, let's let him run as much as he wants. And so the last two weeks, he's looked great running the ball. Um, there was there was some guy on a Chicago radio who was comparing or was who brought up some like random statistic, and basically he just said that like there's only two quarterbacks who have ever done whatever it was he was talking about, and it's Justin Fields and it's Lamar Jackson. And I was like, let's pump the brakes a little bit on this guy. Yeah. He's had three three good games. But I do think against the Falcons, who I am not high on, and I know they've been a lot better than my expectations, I do think that the Bears can probably get something rolling here. Um, the Falcons, you can run on them, and if they get fields out into space, he's hard to tackle. So, you know, you're talking about a couple scrambles here where he gets down the field, gets them into good position. They can either get a touchdown or a field goal out of each drive. I don't look at the Falcons as anybody as having really anybody who's going to force a lot of three and outs or who are going to um, 
they, they kind of have that bend but don't break defense as well. So, <laughs> yeah, but not, they, they find terrible. themselves breaking a lot. Sure, sure, and, which, and I don't which, mean that to as your in, point. Like, they're not going to give up touchdowns or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. they're going to give up points, but they're also not somebody that like, oh well, the the opponent's going to score every single time, right? But the other reason I like the over in this game is that over the last few weeks, as the offense has looked better for the Bears, their defense has looked substantially worse. And their defense was what was keeping them in the games for a lot of the early portion of the year. But now they're kind of taking a little bit of a step back. Um, Over the last three games, two games, no, three games, they've given up 49 points, 35 points, and 31 points. They are not the full reason for the loss last week. Fields threw an interception to the Lions that they got a pick six on, um, and that kind of caused some issues. But they kind of collapsed a little bit late, and some of that is because they've been on the field so much over the course of the year that I do think they're starting to tire down or tire a little bit. Um, I I expect this game to be fairly high scoring. I think Atlanta, you know, Mariota's not a great passer or anything, but they've put themselves in pretty good position to get a pretty unique offense where they can find space for Patterson. Mariota runs when he has to, but he's made some pretty nice throws. Uh, Kyle Pitts looks like he's the real deal to me. Uh, They don't have, you know, great wide receivers or anything, but the Bears don't really have great cornerbacks. I I just think that this one is going to be one of those games where you do see um, some points. Now I will mention too, since the, uh, the Panthers game where it went 37, 34, at or in Atlanta, the Falcons have only given up 20 points and 25 points in back-to-back weeks, which if you give up 25 points to the Bears, I'm sure the Bears will probably give up close to 25 points themselves, and the game I think is only at 49 right now. So it might be a little tight, but uh, the only way I'd look at this game is the over, the over for it. I don't feel confidently one way or the other on the spread. I could see the Bears winning it outright, I could see them losing by a touchdown. So my, my play is the over, over 49. Yeah, I guess my concern with it is just like all the running that's going to happen in that game most likely, you know, and yeah. a lot of running clock and like. Could be, yeah, absolutely. It's prob- There's probably not going to be a lot of pa- like big plays made in the pass game, right? But sure. that still doesn't mean the over doesn't cash there. Um I, yeah, I can't. I honestly can't get on either side of the total. Um, my my brother, who's does like a best bet every week, um, and does actually pretty well. He loves the over here, so I'm not oh, fading good. it. But it's just like <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, it feels like everyone's sky high on, on Justin Fields, and and he's like due for a uh, like. A um a regression Bunker. game, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a, a yeah, like a shitter where yep. maybe he sees this bad defense like you know what I want to show some people that I can make some plays to the air and it doesn't work out for him, <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Um, but I mean that's just me kind of giving you conversation. I don't really have a lot of like reasons for betting the under because like the Bears just got rid of their two best defensive players before the trade deadline. And like, they weren't a very good defense before they got rid of these guys. So in fact, like the bears have just been losing defensive players 
pretty consistently over the last two two years. So um, I don't know. I don't, and it's a fast track as well, which helps. Also, I guess the counterpoint to Justin Fields having a stinker. I don't know how much this matters, but he's from Georgia. He's going to have a lot of family there. He's going to be up for the game. I guess that could work either which way, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely not going under here. If anything, I would go over, but I'm not going to play it either way. Um, I will. Did they win? Did did Alabama win a championship there in Atlanta? That was the... uh... I think that was the Tua game, right, where he came in for Jalen Hurts. I think they that was in the Mercedes-Benz yeah. Superdome. That feels right. Yeah. Um, I was I was thinking of Hurts, not Fields. I don't know why I brought that up. My fault. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I get those two guys confused all the time for some reason. Well, I actually that was the point that I was going to make to you earlier, but you're kind of riffing. I, I didn't I didn't want to cut you off, but like. Jalen Hurts couldn't throw a shit, and he just kind of developed. And obviously they have, like, a great offensive line, a coach that looks like he knows what he's doing, sick wide receivers, Dallas Goddard, who just went to the IR. But still, like, they have a stacked offense, which uh, the, the the Bears do not. But, like, I am willing to give Justin Fields, like, time to, to develop. At least he's shown that he can do something, right? Yeah. Like – I don't know. It, 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 he's he's kind of rolling with the punches and 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 still finding a little bit of success despite not being able to hit the side of a barn. Um, right. You know, and he was. I, I know this is kind of goofy, but he. I mean, he was a a five star recruit, right? Like, it's not like he has no arm talent. He just he sucks with with Chicago uh, as a pocket passer and. Some of that could be the speed of the game. Most of it's probably the speed of the game, but you know, some of it could just be like he hasn't had a good coach yet, or doesn't have a good team around him. So um, maybe, maybe he turns into like a franchise quarterback. But I'm with you now, in, in the sense that he's he's not there at that point, or he's not at this point, or at yeah, that point. And I don't, I don't know his college stats that well. I don't know how much he was expected to throw at Ohio State, but man, yeah, he, he obviously was good enough to make it to the pros even with just his legs but yeah i mean look i'm not a bears fan so i don't care if he develops or not i just look at it as is he gonna win this game for me this week or not and i think against this defense i think he's got a good shot good shot to score some points so i'll take it and two mediocre or bad defenses against two offenses that are looking to show off right now. I mean, Mariota's playing for what, another contract probably? I, I doubt that he – I haven't looked. I mean, I don't know how how much his deal is with the Falcons or if he's looking to try and get a long-term thing somewhere else. But there's a lot of players in this game who are looking to try and make a name for themselves on offense, and that always helps. Yeah. Kyle Pitts is due for like a – 13 Monster catch, game, 200 right? yard, yeah. five <laughs> <Yeah>. touchdown game <laughs> yeah. to pad no his stats. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Plus, I, I think this is a good opportunity for Fields to try and connect with Claypool. He only had two targets last week, which I was kind of surprised about. Um, they need to kind of get that going. I mean, they traded specifically for him. He's probably – I mean, Allen Robinson was a really good wide receiver, but outside of that, since Brandon Marshall, who else have, have they had that's had an actual name on the Bears for the wide receivers. I forgot Nobody. Brandon Marshall. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, he was good. Yeah. 
Um, we'll talk about my hometown team. Um, I'm originally from New York, upstate New York, and I'm a big New York Giants fan. I don't usually give out the Giants because I am biased, um, but I'm, I'm I'm laying the points with them this week against the Detroit Lions. Um, it's minus three right now. The look-ahead line in the preseason was Giants minus one and a half. I don't think I don't think Vegas is adjusted enough, and I feel yeah. like the market, maybe correctly, but the market kind of just assumes, well, the New York Giants will come back down to earth, or they won't cover, or they won't they won't win as much as they have been. I mean, right now their ATS record is seven and two, matches their straight up record seven and two. So the logic is probably like they're due for regression. Makes perfect sense. Can't can't really argue that, and that's you can almost set your watch to that kind of stuff in the NFL. Like teams always get humbled, right? But what are the Lions good at? Like seriously, what are the Lions good at? They're good at they have a good offensive line. They can run the ball a little bit, right? They're they're lucky occasionally. Yeah, they're lucky, yeah, but like <laughs> they they can't like Jared Goff is. A uh, below average quarterback at best, right? Um, yeah. They can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. So, like, they're good at running the ball here or there, but, like, outside of that, they're not really good at anything. And I am a believer that Brian Dable is a coach, like, is a, a very good coach. So, if you're giving him a team, if he's facing a team that has so many bad units, I'm just going to lay the points with them, right? And going back to the whole Buffalo Bills thing and trying to figure out, like, why Buffalo is starting to underperform expectations this year, could it be as simple as they don't have Brian Dable anymore? Could it be that simple? Especially when you look at how good the Giants are, right? Like, I mean, yeah. how how badly are the Bills playing, right? What are they? They're 6-3, and three, right? They're still considered a favorite to win the Super Bowl. So not that much, but the drop-off from last year to this year thus far is noticeable. And what's sure. the difference? Brian Dable, that's the only difference. So, like, mm-hmm. I think this guy is proving his worth to Buffalo and to New York. And I just think, like, yeah, the Buffalo or the Giants are only one-and-a-half-point favorites in the look headline the preseason – but only three, it feels cheap, and it feels like it's a sell-high spot for the Detroit Lions, right? They have back-to-back wins, both in division, um, one on the road. They beat Aaron Rodgers, held Aaron Rodgers and the Packers to nine points. But if you watch either one of those games, they had no fucking business winning either one of them. No Agreed. business winning either one of those games, right? Oh, so yeah, fully agree on that. Those are overrated results. Yeah, I had the the Bears are my best bet last last week. We didn't even talk about that. I almost threw my work computer off the balcony after that game. <laughs> I was so pissed. Um, so like, it feels like it's a it's a sell high spot for for the uh, for for the Lions and 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 I don't think the market is really in love with the Giants to that extent. Now I am, I am nervous about, you know, most of the money being on, on the Giants. So I guess that kind of is contrary to the point that I just made. Um, and again, the, 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 the aforementioned ATS regression, right? Like maybe they win this game by two or one point, but like, usually if you take a team to win, they cover the spread. And because 
I don't think the Lions are really good on any side of the ball. Even isn't their kicker injured? Like, isn't don't they have kicking issues? Oh, like they changed kickers midseason. It's now Chase McLaughlin or some shit. Like, I don't really know what they're good at. And this didn't help me out last week. But a point that I made in handicapping uh, Bears Lions was how bad Jared Goff is in sub forty degree weather. Well, in the Meadowlands this weekend, it's supposed to be mid-30s with wind gusts of up to 20 miles per hour. So it's another bad weather game for Jared Goff. Can he play like he did against the Bears in New York? I don't think he can. And like New York's defense is heads and shoulders above the Chicago Bears defense. Like heads and shoulders. Yeah, also, right now. most of, or not most of, not, not all of, Detroit's points were scored on offense. Like Justin Fields' pick six was just, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what Chicago was doing, calling a pass <laughs> in this. I don't know what any of that was. But the Lions are are, are are a little inflated because they've won two straight games. And, and now I think is the time where they get humbled and get put back in their place against the team the New York Giants, that the market is treating, well, this is kind of a coin flip game, right? Minus three at home. These guys are equal teams on neutral field. Bullshit. Bullshit based on what? How how could they be neutral? I guess that's the first question I have for you, David, In this, uh, when looking at this game, is what is the argument that these teams are equal on a neutral field? I I honestly don't necessarily have one other than I think still no one trusts Daniel Jones. That's yeah, that's fair. the only thing I can think of is you, know, like, you, you got two quarterbacks. Like, would you rather have Daniel Jones or would you rather have De- Jared Goff as your quarterback? Like, if you needed one drive, and you, you're going to need to pass. Like, Jones is a good running runner, but I think it. I think it. It depends on the coach, right? Yeah, if it's Jared Goff and Sean McVay, all right, I'll take Jared Goff. Right. If it's Jared Goff, Dan Campbell. I don't know. Like, like I'm with you. Like as a Giants fan, like I when we first got Daniel Jones and everyone clowned on, I'm like, let's give this kid a chance. Like, yeah, the guys who are who are actually like producing mock drafts, they actually don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They don't. They don't know more than NFL GMs, right? No. So like, whatever. I'm tossing that stuff out. I was want to give Daniel Jones the benefit of the doubt. He turned the ball over so egregiously so so many times his first few years and I was burned I was over him and I was like this guy isn't the guy right Dables came in and has made the most out of him Do, is yeah. he a, is he a franchise quarterback I don't know I'm not I'm not I'm not willing to go there yet but Brian Dable is pulling the most out of him like if Jared Goff is our quarterback I think Jared Goff would look as almost as good as he did for Sean McVay like I don't know it's like I don't think Jared Goff with Dan Campbell is a good quarterback I don't think he's better. I I would I would take Daniel Jones over him in the spot, I guess. Yeah, and I, I mean that's fine. That's the only thing I can think of in terms sure. of neutral field, you know, giving the Giants the typical you know, edge because they're at home for this game. You're right about their defense. Their defense is better than Detroit's right now. Their offense probably is better. The only thing I would say is Detroit once they do start getting rolling, like they they team seem to do fairly well. I mean, it's not like they're incompetent and they can't figure out how to score some points. Um, I don't know. I 
I don't really have a feel for this one way or the other. I don't even have a play for the total or anything. Um, I would agree with you that the Giants seem like the correct side on this. Um, I thought the Lions were going to be better already than they are, but they've had some pretty disappointing games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it seems seems like the right side is probably the Giants. Yeah, yeah, I guess my my final point and something I've already talked about, I just think it's a it's a sell high spot for Detroit, right? I thought they were 3 and 0 in their last, uh, against the spread in their last 3, but they didn't cover against Miami. Um they were 3 and a half point road <laughs> home favorites or home underdogs against uh, Miami, which as I say that out loud, that's ridiculous. Why didn't I bet Miami there? <laughs> Miami only won by uh, four points, covered by a half point. But I still think most of the market looks at that as like a good performance from Detroit, which is fair, right? They scored 27 points. But they won the turnover battle in all three of those games. And, and again, like Aaron Rodgers gave them the game, right? Like yeah. Justin... Justin Fields also gave them the game. I mean, he almost he almost won it for Chicago, but yeah, I mean, I'm belaboring the point. I just the 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 nuts and bolts of it is this line is price. This game is priced like they're equal teams on neutral field. It's like okay, you can take my money. Fair enough. We'll see. We'll we'll see on that one. Well, the one other point that I do like about the Giants and and kind of have in favor of them is their last game was against Houston at home. And then they were on a bye week. This is back-to-back road games for Detroit, and their bye week was in week six. So they've played substantially more football in a row than the Giants have. Usually, you know, I'm a big rest guy, especially when it comes to the NBA. I think it makes a difference in the NFL, too. You had that week off to kind of get some of those injuries recovered for the Giants. You've been playing nothing but football for the past five weeks now whatever it is for Detroit. And uh, like I said, back-to-back road games, It's it, that stuff gets rough on, on these guys. So I, I think that definitely puts the edge in favor of the Giants at the very least. My last point on the idea of like the Giants being fraudulent, right, is usually like fraudulent teams, what happens is they'll get up for big games, right, mm-hmm. cover or upset teams they shouldn't. And then they'll they'll lose against the teams that they, they that they should beat, right? We beat the Giants beat Houston twenty four sixteen. It wasn't a very impressive Giants performance, but like they won, they covered, they they ran Saquon Barkley thirty five times because they're like F it, Houston can't stop the run. We're right. not gonna like why go with an elaborate game plan that other people can study on film when we can just run it thirty five times with one guy and we're gonna win. And that's yeah. what they did. And it's just like, <laughs> I think, like, obviously, the Giants beating Baltimore and Green Bay in back-to-back games is more impressive, but this was an obvious letdown spot, and they didn't get let down. So, Yeah, I'm with you. All right, well, that's enough about my favorite team. Uh, what else do you have, David? Uh, what other picks you got? Uh, I'll give you the other two quick ones that I got for now. I'll probably have something for Monday night football. I haven't uh, spent too much time looking on that, but, uh, the other two that I have, number one is, uh, over 47 and a half for Cowboys Vikings. And then, um, I also am going to take the points with the chargers, uh, six and a half 
over the Chiefs. Um, Ooh, so let's, just the, let's Eiffel that Tower that one because I'm okay. on I'm on the Chargers too. What's your okay. What's your rationale? So, it this is actually mostly about the history of these two teams. Like they play really close games. And in fact, the Raiders usually play the Chiefs pretty close. I was a little surprised to see that the the uh, the Chiefs were getting or were, were trying to cover almost a touchdown, or I guess it is a touchdown and the extra point um, against the Chargers. Like the Chargers have been playing okay lately. I grabbed them uh, with the points against San Francisco last week. That covered. Um, that got Herbert. I got that one too. That got really scary at the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really scary. As a matter of fact. Yeah. I mentally parted ways with my money. I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna score a touchdown." This is, uh, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I, I'm with you. But they, they covered. Um, you know, they beat Atlanta the week before, which they should do. They had a bye week, so now you're you're talking about three weeks here um, since they've played. The Chiefs were also on bye too, so um, there's no real rest advantage or anything. It, it just in this game, Austin Eckler probably will be better than he was in the first one. Um, or I don't think he really made much of an impact at that one, and then he went off the next week. I think that was how that this season's gone for him. It's, um, it's up and down him the whole year. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I heard some stat that he was like, he scored more touchdowns in the last like three weeks than like any other player combined or something i i don't know it was something weird he um, had um 20 like touchdowns or something uh against against kansas city in week two right it was week two austin eckler yeah. had 23 touches with 84 total yards uh no no touchdowns but there was also no keenan allen in that game so that's why he kind of got some more looks and i would say he kind of it was a it was a lackluster performance out of Austin Eckler. He could he, he could definitely do yeah. better. Yeah, he did. He did nothing against San Francisco, but those what I was talking about before. He had one, two, three, four, five. He had ten touchdowns in five weeks before that, before the game against San Francisco. So, um, Kansas City's defense is probably better than I expected it to be this year, but they're not great. Um, I'm not sure. Is uh, Juju Smith-Schuster going to be playing for Kansas City? I, I, I no way. Did you see? I didn't think so either. Yeah, I saw the hit, but I heard he, he is potentially playing. And I, like, he's on my fantasy team. And he, not that that matters to me. I hate fantasy football, but um, it's a long story on why I do it. But anyway, uh, he's projected for points. So I don't know if he's practiced or whatever. But you know, now you're talking about. But his they're arms, like his hands, he did the two of hands. I yep. feel like, I feel like they're gonna they're gonna force yeah, him to sit. He's not. He's definitely not doing it. They just uh, post on his his thing that he didn't practice today. Yeah, and the, and the fantasy football app that I had have have had Mark Andrews projected to have points for like three straight weeks, and he's missed like he's missed two straight games. So yeah, well, just in that. any case, yeah, yeah, in in any case. I mentioned their defense. Their defense is better this year, but they're not unstoppable or, or, you know, you can throw on them, you can run on them. You just kind of have to figure out what you're going to do and enter, you know, the divisional matchup. I, I just think six and a half was too many. So that's why I took them. I just, it, it's nothing. The Chiefs can cover against anybody, but 
these games are close. I think last time they were in Los Angeles, the Chiefs lost the game. Um, I think that was last year. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, no, that, that no, that's right. Because I had the Chiefs, and I know the Chiefs like turned it over on the Chargers side of the field like three times in that game, and the Chargers ended up winning. Um, Herbert is two and two against Mahomes, and three and one against the spread. Yeah, last last year the Chargers lost at home. They won in Kansas City. So, but they covered and they covered in both of them actually, or they would have covered at a six six and a half point spread. Kansas City won in overtime, thirty four twenty eight last year in Los Angeles. Yeah, and there's no there's no home field advantage really to Los Angeles. I mean, we we talked about this before, but no, I'm I'm a local, and I've got a bunch of friends who are Charger fans, and I can confirm there is absolutely no home field. Actually, if anything, there's an advantage for the Chiefs, right? So, I don't know. Maybe it's just it, the number's just simply too high for me. That's that's about all I can tell you about it. I gave a write up on why um, I think that for Outkick, but most of it is. This one is is one of those gut feelings too. It just seems like you're talking about primetime game. You got Herbert who really wants it. He he's still trying to be that like elite quarterback. This is just one of those games they get up for. And again, the Chiefs in their in the history have seemed to struggle, maybe not even struggle, but seem to at least allow close games between the Raiders and the Chargers. Those are two teams that like they just don't seem to ever blow out. So I'll give you some of my notes to kind of give you some foundational support on your handicap because we're in the same, um, we're rowing in the same direction here. But um, this, like the Patriots-Jets, is just, it's mispriced. It has to be. Kansas City was a four-point favorite at home in week two. They're mm-hmm. six-point favorites in L.A. How could that be? How, how is that possible? I don't under, like... The the Chargers could be without Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, right? But both of them returned to practice, and they are turning towards playing, and they were without Keenan Allen last game anyways, right? So I don't think that that, uh, that injury matters that much. Also, like, the Chargers got unlucky to not beat Kansas City, to lose to Kansas City in week two, right? They threw a pick six into Kansas City's end zone because Gerald Everett fell on a route. Um, you know, and they were in control of that game. They outgained Kansas City. I think they had the ball from longer. Um, also, Kansas City, they just don't cover when they're laying more than three points. As favorites of three and a half or more, they're 13 and 23 against the spread since 2020. Or wait, yeah, 2020, yep. Um, it's a pros versus Joes game. More money is on the Chargers. More bets are on the, the Chiefs. Um, to your earlier point about prime time, Herbert um, is four and one as a prime time road underdog cash for us last week against the San Francisco 49ers. Herbert is eight and three against the number as a road underdog since his rookie season. So also the Chiefs defense isn't that good. I think their pass rush shows up from here uh, time to time because Chris Jones is an alpha and Frank Clark kicks ass. 
Um, but LA's offensive line, even though it's banged up, they have the lowest pressure rate in the league. They're going to give Herbert all day. So even Herbert, if, if Mike Williams and Keenan Allen don't play, that would suck. I'm going to wait until prior to kickoff because I'd rather get the Chargers at three and a half, four, if it were to drop that solo, if they get good injury luck. Um, I'd rather just like wait and get that or people overreact and then hammer the favorite going into the prime time game and just take the Chargers plus seven if that if it, if uh, if I can get that much. But now I love the Chargers in this spot for all the reasons and I think it's a pretty obvious play, but the public is betting the Chiefs, so I feel good about it. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, what, what's the other this is the total that you're looking at? Because I have one more bet, and then we can get out of here. I don't really want to call it a best bet because I feel pretty equal to all these bets. Yeah, uh, mine was the over in the Cowboys and Vikings. It's uh, 47 and a half right now. I, most of this is just I think that the offenses are better. Um, I, I like Dallas's defense. I think Minnesota's deep, defense has been opportunistic for a lot of the season. Um, but they kind of tend to let people back into the game. It's interesting to me, like, the book seems to want people to take the Vikings in this. Yeah. Like, so there's there's some concern on on that side to me because, you know, obviously the Vikings just came off that big win. Now they're returning home. Dallas came off a loss. And this is another road game for them. It does seem like it should be a Minnesota spot, but they're – you know, underdogs at home, which seems off, but yeah, that's why I started looking into the total a little bit more. And this I was is, just thinking about it. They, they seem like they, it should be a higher scoring game than, than it's, it's posted at. I feel like the sports books are just putting their schlongs on the table here. It's like, oh, yeah. we think the Cowboys are better. So go ahead. Bet yeah. the Vikings. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Do <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, yeah. I don't know. We do the guest alliance. Uh, me and my my, my homies at the uh, uh, every Sunday, and um, all of us had the Vikings as a favorite at home because, of course, like, and then right. you see minus. It opened the Cowboys minus two, and it's like, oh my god! Like, yeah. I've never seen sports. Not never, but I rarely do you see sports books so flagrantly or just so openly like dare the public. Like, please, yeah. take the, take the Vikings. Tease them up. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tease yeah. them. You know what Do whatever I mean? like, you want with it. <laughs> yeah. The Cowboys are going to rout the Vikings this weekend, yeah. according yeah. to the sports books. Yeah. I, it's it's wild, man. I don't know. Part of me wants to be on the side of the Cowboys just because I'm like, something's wrong about this. And you know the book is not just going to be like, here's a gift because the Vikings made us so much money last week after everybody taking you know, the bills to cover. But yeah. I guess the argument is like, Cowboys are America's team, right? They are trending in a good direction. I think most people thought think that, like, hey, they gave that game up. They were up double digits in the second half, which is true. Vikings got just dumb lucky to win that game last week, which is also true. Vikings are due for regression. Uh, due Cow- for a loss, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cowboys in a bounce-back spot. I mean, so the argument is there where it's like the odds makers like, no, we, we just can get split action with this number. We can't. And it's like, all right, yeah. fair enough. I guess you can make that argument. But anyways. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I mean, like I said, my play is just on the total. 
I think their offenses are, are good enough that uh, they'll be able to get something. I think defenses at this point are getting tired. Um, again, Dallas being on the road two, two straight weeks, they had to go to overtime last week. The Vikings had to be on the field quite a bit. They went to overtime last week. I just think that leans towards the offense as being a little more effective in this one. So that's it. Okay. Nothing, uh, nothing crazy. I don't hate it. Uh, my last bet that you guys will probably see on my circuit contest, unless there's some crazy injury news, but I'm going with the Steelers taking the points at home against the, um, against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and it's mostly a trends based play. I'm not crazy into trends, but here or there, I'll follow them, especially when they're so lopsided and I can kind of like add context to those trends. But like Mike Tomlin as a home underdog, Mike Tomlin in division, Mike Tomlin in division as an underdog. <laughs> like it just, he cashes. Like he's so profitable on the spot. Since 2017, the Steelers are five and two straight up as home underdogs of three and a half or more. Straight up five and two, six and one against the number. Um, since 2007, Steelers are 16 and 13 straight up as underdogs in division games, 28 and one against the number. They're nine and three against the number as divisional dogs of three and a half or more, and two and zero oh, uh, ATS at home in those spots. Also, since the beginning of last season. Again, as a home underdog, Steelers 4-0-1 against the number with a plus 7.8 uh, spread differential. Pittsburgh has the um, has the edge in the trenches. Cincinnati has the fourth biggest pass protection mismatch in week 11 in corner pro football focus. Steelers just got back uh, defending uh, defensive player of the year, TJ Watt. He made his return last week. He was an absolute force and factor in the week one Steelers uh, 23-20 win over Cincy. He had a sack. He had two pass deflections, three tackles for a loss and an interception. And uh, Cincinnati's interior offensive line is actually pretty good. That's why Joe Mixon had such an awesome game last week against the Carolina Panthers. Um, But their bookend tackles are, are terrible. And TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, the two edge rushers for Pittsburgh, are just nasty. Both top 20 at their position. I mean, TJ Watt's a top three edge rusher. It's like him and Miles Garrett. Um, And I think they're going to just be in Joe Burrow's face all day. I think Joe Burrow and Cincinnati's offense um, looked fine against Carolina because they were able to run the ball. But I think this week without Jamar Chase is going to be a factor a lot more so than against the Carolina Panthers. Sure. Um, and Pittsburgh's run defense is actually pretty good. It was it was epically bad last year, but this year uh, they're six in rushing yards uh, or yards per rush allowed at 4.1. Uh, the Bengals are 27th in yards per rush. Again, they had that great game last week against Carolina. That was more of just like a Carolina no-show than it was anything else. Um, and again, this is a, another pros versus Joe's game in the betting market. Uh, more money on the Steelers, more bets are on the Bengals. So I gotta be honest, a lot of my picks, I, uh, I, I give my, or I make my analysis and then I start to like, look at the betting splits and I felt like a lot of my picks were square this one as well. And it apparently is not, uh, more money or more money is on the Steelers and more bets are on the Bengals. So 
And I will say, though, we are getting to the number a little bit late here. Um, it's down to Steelers plus four. Um, and it opened at the Bengals minus six. But again, as home underdogs of three and a half or more, and I'm willing to play this at plus three and a half, Steelers five and two straight up, six and one against the number since 2017. So that was the first trend that I gave you, and I gave you the three and a half uh, price point for that specific reason because it's down to four now, which, again, I'd still play it at. So that's my final bet. You got anything else to add? No. I mean, I think that's uh, pretty logical. I mean, on the surface, I would have said probably Bengals, to be honest with you, but I'm not a Steelers fan or a believer in them this year, so I don't I don't just, like, auto-fade them or something. I haven't looked into it much. But uh, <clears throat> I do think the Bengals are, are probably a better team rounding into form. Um, I think a lot of what you said, though, makes a lot of sense. So, I, I you know, again, I'm not on it, so all the yeah. luck to you. I have Cincinnati as a top five team by based on net EPA and net success rate. So I'm with you. They're they're awesome. I just think in this spot, this 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 gets played as a field goal game. I mean, it's a yeah. it's a fucking AFC North game and in the winter. <laughs> like, those those like, interdivision home dogs too. I mean, it's yeah those cash pretty regularly. Like I was just looking at this. Not not that we have to talk about another game, but I'm looking at this line for 49ers and Cardinals, and it kind of stood out to me that Cardinals are getting eight points in this game at home against the 49ers. Like, I get the Niners have a good defense, but their offense, I still don't really trust. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. Eight points is a lot of points to cover on the road. Just seems a little little too high on the surface. Like I said, I haven't looked into it much, but if I was forced to gun to my head right now, I'd take the Cardinals in the eight points. For sure. Because it just seems like the wrong side already to be giving that many points to. Well, I'm sure one of us, will, if not both of us, will publish a handicap for that on Outkick.com come Monday. I, for sure. A lot of my stuff is just like the morning of. Yeah. Like I need the whole week to think about it, and then I'll like wake up and just like just feel it on a certain day. So um, yeah. I'll probably produce something for the Monday Night Football game, but I don't have any looks. I mean, the thing is, like, you don't know who's starting for the Cardinals. Could be mm-hmm. Kyler. Could be Cole. Could be neither one of them. They're both dealing with injuries, so who knows? Yeah. And I don't know yeah. who the third quarterback is, and I really don't even want to Google it. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, it's like there's so many other things to bet on at this point right now in, the, in, uh, in sports that it's like, ah. Do I really? Is there really an edge with the third string Arizona Cardinals quarterback? Is there? Just put DeAndre Hopkins in there. (laughs) That's what what they should do. Yeah, do Wildcat. Have him throw it. Yeah, Yeah, why not? Do the Mr. Perfect where he throws it to himself. Yeah. All right. Well, where can people find your stuff? I know you're uh, you're not not only producing handicaps for Outkick, but a couple other sites as well. At least one other site. Yeah. So. you can find my articles every day pretty much on Outkick. Um, I've been doing college basketball a little bit lately, college football, NFL, um, you name it, I'll pretty much look into it at the very least. Um, college basketball is getting kind of cool because we're finally starting to get some of the games that are not between top-tier Division One schools and like some random hodunk college that they're just trying to wallop on for the night. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad that that's 
I, I, it's honestly, it's my least favorite time is the, the start of it. Like I love college basketball coming back, but I hate the, the, the matchups. They're just not interesting at all. Um, not that you can't find value in them, just whatever. You get those early season tournaments that are fun though. Yeah, those are good. And, and we have seen a couple of those and we saw some good games, um, already, but yeah, like for the most part, a lot of those teams start off with a couple games that are just softballs and everything, but yeah. You can find me on Outkick, and then the uh, the other spot is beatenthebookie.com. Um, so beaten with no G, thebookie.com. I do an NBA package for them, um, you know, in full transparency. It hasn't been great a couple weeks, but I've had runs like this before, um, turned it around every time. And I'm not the kind of person who just keeps, like, taking money from people. Like, if if I don't do well, I just extend subscriptions because I want you guys to win money. And it's the same with OutKick. Like my whole goal is to help try and get people winning money. Cause I know most people who gamble should be under control, but I also realize they're not. So yeah. my goal is to try and help, you know, put some cash in the pocket for whatever extra thing you're doing. And that's, that's how I look at this for the most part. Anyways, sports betting to me should always be about extra income and never the full source only because you know if you if you're if you win a hundred dollars or if you're a hundred dollar better and you win a hundred units in a year what is that ten thousand dollars yeah like, so you know it's not like and winning a hundred units in a year is pretty challenging like yeah especially on one sport or something so i you know, tell you what I'm, just, i live I'm in southern california and a hundred dollars a game doesn't doesn't pay my bills <laughs> right right exactly so and that's what i mean so like i look at this as it should be fun you should try and make it fun it should be extra income i want to make money for you guys so that's what you know my day spent doing is looking into things that i think are going to make us all money so love that's it me. and in the spirit of that all my picks from here on out on outkick will be free good shit <laughs> Good shit. I like that, David. <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding. Um, hey, you guys know where to find me. I'm, shit, this is my podcast. Outkick Bets with Jeff Clark. Leave me a nice review on, on Apple Podcasts, though. Uh, until next week, peace. Peace.